तपकथा मृत तापतजीवन कविरीड़ कलमशापम श्रवणमंगल श्रीमदत भुवि गृहती जीपुरीदाजना The nectar of the words is the life for those who are scorched by the world. The words which have been uttered by the words of truth, which wipe out sins, the very hearing of which is beneficial, which are beautiful, pleasing to the ears, pleasing to the hearts, which are inexhaustible. Those who recount them on the earth are the givers of plenty. Om, peace, 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 peaceful. gems from the garden of saints as we started this series of talk based on the spiritual conversation of swami vishuddhananda was the eighth president of the ramakrishna order he was a disciple of holy mother sri sharada devi and was born in 1883 and passed away in 1962 he was a great monk and inspired many people truth never becomes old truth remains always new 2000 years ago christ teachings are still new so the teachings of the great avatars buddha sri ramakrishna chaitanya and also these great monks and saints their teachings still inspired many 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 people of the world in the world as i said swami used to give satsang every afternoon to the devotees i was thinking you see when i check my breakfast or lunch and i watch the people the other side of the canyon in laguna beach and i watch all those homes and i think they're very well to do people big big homes on the laguna beach sometimes i think what do they do they eat they sleep perhaps they have plenty of money family children what do they do exactly how do they spend their coming how do they some you please come a little bit front come come so really sometimes i think about these people how they spend their time life is very precious this human life is called karmakshetra field of action you can make yourself god you can make yourself animal 
This is the field of action. In the animal life, bhogobhumi. You will reap the result of action. So divine beings, gods are also bhogobhumi. Because of their virtues, they become gods. Only in human body, in this human plane, you have everything. And God gave us a special thing, that is buddhi, intellect, which can discriminate what is right, what is wrong. No other human, no other people can do that. Right, wrong. What is right, Swami Vivekananda said, the thing which makes you strong, that is right. What is wrong? The thing which makes you weak, that is wrong. You know, sometimes you do something right, immediately your conscience said, yes, you did right. When you do anything wrong, your conscience will tell you, yes, you did wrong. You don't need a third person to tell you whether you are doing right or wrong. Your conscience, your enduring self, is your guide. So the more we practice our spiritual disciplines, the more we hear the voice of our enduring self. We can really hear, don't do that, you will suffer. I am just telling you that what is the purpose, importance of a spiritual life. This is the purpose. Swami Vivekananda made a remark. Jesus must have said, he said there are nine beatitudes that they are blessed are the pure, blessed are the <coughs> peacemakers, blessed of this and that. Swamiji said, Christ must have said, Blessed are the cheerful. That is not in the Bible. Because it comes to the world to give joy to the people. Be cheerful. And according to San Franciscan order of monks, you are not supposed to show your gloomy, grouchy face to the monastic community or to the world. The day you do not feel good, shut your door and stay, stay inside. You have no right to show your gloomy face to the world. Show your smiling face. That is the way Swami started this day today's talk. Ramakrishna Mission, Silchar, 13th April 1957. Go Ananda Mai. Amai nihoye, amai nirananda corona. You are my blissful mother. Please don't be miserable. That is the opening song. Never make me miserable, O oh mother. Then he said, this song is a song of a mystic. In mystical life, sometimes you have happiness, sometimes misery. Ups and downs we find. All great mystics you will find, they have ups and downs, ups and downs. 
So you started to say, you know, Mother, I am calling you so much, but still you are not listening to me. Mother, if you do not save me in this life, I shall not call you anymore. This is called bhata, low tide of a spiritual life. High tide, low tide. This is the low tide. Why I have so much pain, suffering? Then Swami is mentioned, do you know the Ganges, 1600 miles long? This ebb and tide, high tide and low tide, only you will find 60 miles from the ocean. From Bay of Bengal up to maybe Calcutta or a little bit farther, you will find every six hours the current changes. High tide, low tide, high tide, low tide. But where the Ganges started, the Gangotri, only one way, continuously. Think of that, 1,500 um, miles, only it is one, one direction. And only 100 miles, up and down, up and down. So he was telling that, you know, in the very beginning of your spiritual life, this up and down, up and down will be there. But the moment you go to a little higher, higher plane, there is not much up and down. I sometimes give this illustration. Aeroplane. When it takes off, you know, the, at that time, lower places, the heavy pressure of air, it cannot give you speed. So it goes up, 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 up to 35,000, 40,000, there is a jet stream. Their light, their air is very light, there he can give a speech, 600 miles per hour. That is the way it works. 600 miles, but you mean 4,000 4, 4, height, 5,000 height, you cannot give for 600 miles per hour, no way. Because your air pressure is very strong and heavy. You cannot go, you cannot give the speed. Same thing about the spiritual life. In the beginning, it must ups and downs. Christian mystics call it the dark night of the soul. Pain, misery, nothing is going on. Oof, miserable. <laughs> Even Swami Brahmananda wanted to run away. <laughs> he was thinking, I am with Sri Ramakrishna for so long. And I still I am miserable, my mind is not working. If it continues for some time, I shall leave. Then Sri Ramakrishna can reach others' mind. What is wrong? Master, you know everything, what is in my mind? Come here. You stick out your tongue. He wrote a mantra there. Now you go. Upsurge, immediately higher experience. He removed the obstacles. Jyvarbhata, ups and downs in his spiritual life. But another Swami said, do you know, 
Perhaps you are going to Mount Everest. Sometimes you will have to go up and sometimes down. Up, down. And this is the Himalayan range. When you are going down, that doesn't mean that you, you are going down. That, that down path is also the part of your journey. You are going to the Himalayas, to the Everest. That is your destination, that is your goal. So, up, sometimes down, up, down. If you go to the Amarnath, you will find 32 miles, it goes like this. The highest point is 14,000 feet. So, he is telling that, you know, in a spiritual life, ups and downs will be there, don't be discouraged, just hold on. Cyclone does not blow all the time, sometimes it, it rotates. It rotates. Now, how can I keep my mind all the time high? That is the question ours. That Sri Ramakrishna, Girish Chandra Ghosh told Sri Ramakrishna, Sir, when I come to you, my mind goes so high, the moment I go home, it goes down. Why? Sri Ramakrishna said, <laughs> that is natural. There is a fireplace. When there is fire, if you go near, you will get heat, you will get light. If you away from the fire, you will get darkness, you will get, not get any heat. The more we come towards God, from holy person, the more we get that heat. We are told another thing. Do you know what? How grace comes. You go near the beach, you like it or don't like it, that soothing, that ocean breeze will soothe your system. You don't have to make any effort. You don't need any fan there on the beach. Just stand there. That ocean breeze, ozone will soothe your system. Without any effort, making any effort. But as you have seen in a perfume shop in the big, big in the Macy or big stores, some girls will spray on the on your hand and you will smell and that is the way you girls buy perfume. <laughs> so that area is full of fragrance. That perfumes, all kinds of perfumes. They are continuously spraying and, and, you know, attracting you so that you can buy some perfume. So what happens? In a perfume shop, you like it or don't like it, that fragrance will penetrate into your nostril. Same thing. In the, even when you come to a real spiritual person, you like it or don't like it, his spirituality, his influence will go inside you. Unconsciously, unperceptibly. That is the reason we go and have this satsang, we discuss these things, we think about God. So many people come, sit down, perhaps depressed, down, some family problem, sit down watching mothers, thinking about Sri Ramakrishna. It, at least for the time being, it removes that burden, that heaviness of the heart. That is the reason we need a spiritual life. I remember once I was in a Catholic, a Catholic seminary. There's a big function of the meditation was the topic in that retreat. 
So one Japanese girl came and told me, why should I meditate? Then I told her, why do you eat? I eat because food gives nourishment, gives me strength. That is the reason we eat. That is your answer. Meditation, prayer, japam, spiritual life, nourishes, strengthens the mind. That is the reason we meditate. Some people say, why should you practice spiritual life? When you go for your health, what do you do? You go to a gym, you do exercise. You get a strength to your muscles. Same thing, spiritual life, it controls these senses, it brings purity, <coughs> freshness of the mind. Happiness and misery all are in the mind. <coughs> if the mind is too fast, that is sick mind. If mind is too slow, that is also sick mind. Mind should not be too fast or too slow, <laughs> balanced. That is the definition of yoga, Krishna says in the Gita. Samattam yoga uchyate. Equanimity of the mind is called yoga. Sameness, evenness of the mind is called yoga. That we want. Napriya prishataha. Happiness and misery will not be able to bother us. It comes and goes. A person is not always happy or all the all the time unhappy. You will never find a person in this world. Swami was talking about Obhima. How a spiritual seeker sometimes becomes piqued. I shall not call on God anymore. He doesn't answer. At the time, Antur Dondo, an inner conflict goes on. He fights inside. It is also the part of the journey. Fight. I remember one Swami went to Swami Brahmananda. He told me, Maharaj, I have too much lust. What shall I do? Swami Brahmananda looked at him and said, Right now I can take away all of your lust. Then do you know what will happen? Your life will be dull. You better go and <laughs> struggle. <laughs> I have the power to take the last up from your mind. But your life will be dull. Struggle. Struggle, struggle. Holy Mother one day was telling his devotees, you know, last three days I have high fever, malaria. I was calling on the Divine Mother so much. Three days she did not come, but this morning she came. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, even Holy Mother, last three days I was calling all gods and goddesses, I have so much fever, I am in so much pain. Nobody came, but anyhow, this morning she came. <laughs> Jagadhatri, the Divine Mother, came this morning. Just think of that. A Swamiji in Baranagar Mahat, he was telling him, 
Prior profession ne bojbo. You people have so much peace of mind. Look how restless I am. Swami Vivekananda was telling him in Varanagar Mart. After Ramakrishna is passing away. I have no peace. You people have peace. But I attain Nirvikalpa Samadhi, this, that, you know, in Kajipur. Still, I have no peace. Aim was watching him. Because big receptacle, small receptacle. If I get a little vision, ah, I am happy. That's it. But for Swamiji, it's a big receptacle. Little vision is nothing for him. He, think he can get it every day. But he needs vast experience, vast spiritual peace. That he was Nirvikal Samadhi. That he was looking for. Anyhow, but the prior probation is bojbo. Prior probation means I shall not give any food to the body until I realize God. That is called prior probation. Like Buddha. Buddha took that vow. Hmm? That is a great mantra. Yasane Shushyatume Shariram Twagusti Mamsam Pralayanca Jatu Aprapya Bodhi Bahukalpa Durlabham Naivasanath Kayamata Shalishyate Yasane Shushyatume Shariram If he sat under the boat tree and was telling, let my body be dried up on this very seat. Tag osti mamsham pralayant, tag means skin, osti means bone, mamsha means flesh. Let them fall apart here. Aprapya bodhi bahukalpa durlabam, without attaining that bodhi, nirvana, naivasanat kayamata shalishate, I shall not move from this seat. That is the vow he took. And then he had that nirvana under the bow tree. Vow, strong vow. It's, you see, in a spiritual life, sometimes mind is restless. No! At that time, sweep your mind. Keep quiet. At that time, you are talking to yourself. Your Atman, that alert, is, is, is controlling the mind. Sit down. As you tell your body, sit down, tell your mind, keep quiet. At that time, that is called self-mastery. That is the goal of the spiritual life. You have full control over your maya. Sampaji says, why should I practice the spiritual life? These are the reasons we practice the spiritual life. When we control this, this, um, this um, ups and downs, Shashwata Ananda, uninterrupted bliss. At that time, what happens? Premo Vilas Vivartha. The spiritual seeker sometimes is drowned on the ocean and sometimes rises, take a little breath. Again, he is drowned into the ocean. Again, he gets up and takes a little breath. At that time, he soaked in God consciousness, full of bliss. He has so much bliss, he cannot hold it. At the same time, if you all the time down, he will die within 21 days. So he sometimes raises his head 
and takes a little breath. <coughs> that is called Premo Vilas Vivarto, according to Vaishnava tradition. Rajasik Tamasik Avasthai, Shadoker Jibun Juar Bhata. Tarpari Shuddha Shatta Avastha. Why does it move? Now it is all right. <coughs> if you have samadhi, then you will be getting noishkarma siddhi. You cannot function in this world anymore. Do you know what Sri Ramakrishna said? When the daughter-in-law becomes pregnant, one month, two months, three months, she works, she works. When she becomes big, seven months, eight months, the mother-in-law reduces her work. No, 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 I shall do it. My sweet daughter, you will not have to do it. You are carrying a baby. You cannot work. When nine months, she can function very little. When she gives birth to the baby, she enjoys pension. Mother-in-law does whole housework. That Sri Ramakrishna said, be pregnant. The be pregnant man, the more you become spiritual, the more work will be less and less and less to your life. It is very difficult to function. Very difficult. If you are highly spiritual, it is, it is not possible for Jesus Christ to write a book or manage the publication department and write article. <laughs> that is for the lower class people, you know. We are that lower class people. <laughs> Writing books and this and that, oh, low class people. <laughs> Top people do not do that thing. <laughs> Ramakrishna does not <laughs> write a book or <laughs> manage the publication department or monastery. Sri Ramakrishna Swami quoted, Sri Ramakrishna says, be like a hereditary farmer. Hereditary farmer. Whether there is rain or drought or anything, the farmer will go and till the ground. And sow the seed and do all the kind. He can, cannot stop farming. So same thing in spiritual life. Swami said that, you know, be like a hereditary farmer. Always practice morning and evening, morning and evening, morning and evening. I sometimes say, do you know how do I see, think about morning and evening meditation? It is just like a sandwich. Morning, spirituality. Then you do your work and cover it. In the evening, meditation, another spirituality. It is just like a big burger, you know. <laughs> here is spirituality, here is food, and put it another, just a big burger. I sometimes say some people open their mouth eh, so big to <laughs> give a bite of that big burger. <laughs> Why do they make that so big? <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
pizza is all right. <laughs> Whether that yes, then here I shall make another comment of another things what Sri Ramakrishna said. It so happened in Dokshineshwar, Sri Ramakrishna was on his bed. Benjamin he was seated on his bed, a small bed. And there he started to sing a song. Ami Durga 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 Bole Jodima Mori. Akhere Shedine Nataro Kamone Dakajabego Shankuri. Mother, if I die chanting the name of Durga, 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 at the time of death, if you do not save me, I shall find, I shall see what I can do, you know. That is the way Swamiji Sri Ramakrishna said. You must save me. So as if Sri Ramakrishna is going to fight with the Divine Mother, tying his cloth around the waist, and <laughs> he was telling this, Durga, Durga, Durga. This Swami only talked about, quite a bit about the Mother. Well, mother sometimes, you know, gives some spanks if we do not do right and we cry. Still we hold on mother. Where shall we go? We have no place to go. One monk had a little problem. So he went to Shami Madhavananda. Shami Madhavananda, he was a disciple of Holy Mother. He said, let me tell you one thing. You go to the Holy Mother's temple and talk to the mother. Mother, I have this problem. And then the monk said, will, he listen? will she listen? What do you mean? If she is real mother, he must, she must listen. She is not your stepmother, she is not your godmother, she is not your um, aunt or grandmother. She is the real mother. She must listen. You go and pray. What a beautiful conviction. That Holy Mother is not a godmother or a stepmother. My real mother. Say, Mia, if she is real mother, she must listen. And I am her, her son or daughter. She must listen to me. That is called real faith and love. At that time, answer comes. We do not know how to pray, that's all. Then Swami continued, all great teachers come to this world to teach us how to cut attachment from the world. Always remember, all pain, suffering, misery come from attachment, attachment, attachment. How to cut that attachment? When I think about attachment, do you think, what do I think, do you know? I think about 
20,000 leagues under the sea. And that octopus is grabbing Captain Nemo. <laughs> With fangs, you know. I have seen octopus in San Francisco in the marine. They have a museum, some, some place, you know, there you can see octopus. Real octopus. So, I think about that, how octopus grabs. <laughs> so, the ashukti, attachment, is the cause of our misery. Attachment for money, family, body, our so many objects. Attachment. Everybody has attachment. I have attachment. I have attachment for my books. <laughs> this world is very, very difficult. We know we have attachments. Everybody has attachments. For the reason I always ask people, read one chapter of the Gita every day. That will help you to be unattached. One of the beautiful things about Krishna had everything, had completely unattached. That we find in the Bhagavad Gita. Ashrajamanitya. This world is not a permanent place. But at the same time, we are so much attached to our family, home, objects, body, attachment. Then Swami told a very beautiful story. A great teacher had a disciple who was a grocer. So he found his grocery shop and asked, I am very thirsty, could you give me some <coughs> water? So he drank, the holy man drank water. Then the holy man fell asleep near the, in his shop. So the grocer was a very good person. He found that this holy man's cloth is torn. He he repaired that cloth and gave, and kept some food for him. So the holy man became very pleased with him. He was an illumined soul, he said, You know, I am very pleased with your service. I like to take you to heaven. Do you like to go to heaven? <laughs> then he said, Hmm. I'm not right now. My children are very young. Please give me seven years' time. All right. Then the holy man, the guru, came after seven years. He said, you know, my other children are grown up, but my young child, younger one, has not yet been matured. And please give me another seven years' time. So seven years passed. He came back and found that disciple died. He thought, no, he must be here somewhere. So through his yogic vision, he saw that grocer has become a bull and helping his son in plowing. 
So he gave some mantra and put some water on the bull and said, now you can come. Mm, no, please give me another seven years' time. I am helping them in farming <coughs> as a bull. So, I, so he left and after seven years again he came. He found that, what is the matter? He said, the bull is not there, the bull died. So he said, he must be somewhere here. He found that he has become a dog. So again he repeated the mantra and he sprinkled water on him. And then, well, now you can come. Look, you know, my son made some money. And I, I protect that money so that he will not be robbed at night. <laughs> so I am protecting my son's money, you see. So please give me another seven years' time. So again he left. It is all Indian folklore, you know. <laughs> so he again left. Then again he came back. They saw the dog was no more there. Then he was thinking, what? He must be here somewhere. You see his attachment. <laughs> he has so much attachment. <laughs> so he found that he has become a snake and protecting his son's hidden treasure under the ground. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in India, some in the villages, they do not have any bank or anything, you know. They dug on the floor and put money there and covered it and put a bed there. So, so he says, then he says, he told his son, the guru, you know, there is a snake under your room. Kill the snake right now. So he went there and dug the place and saw there was a snake. The son killed the snake. At that time, <laughs> he said, now you come with me. Shami <laughs> 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 told, this is, the, this is called attachment. <laughs> so it happens, the attachment story, I shall tell you another story. Narada went to Vishnu in heaven and said, Lord, I'm very sad. What happened? Your children, all human beings, are miserable. And you are enjoying heaven with your wife. Why don't you bring all human beings to heaven? Vishnu says, do you think human beings want to come to heaven? Of course they do. Of course they do. You tell me, Narada. Bet. Three days I shall keep the door of heaven open. You bring human beings here. <laughs> Let me see. Narada was so happy. He came back to the earth and he found an old man was seated on his bench on the beach or somewhere in the park. Hi. Hello. Do you like to go to heaven? Of course I do. Come right now. Oh no. <laughs> My granddaughter is going to get married I, in, in, in September, in October I shall. Well, no, no, Lord says that, you know, that only three days he will keep the gate of heaven open for you. For Please come. You know, after death I shall go to heaven, that's sure and certain, but without seeing my granddaughter's marriage, I cannot go. So Narada couldn't make it. Then he went further, he saw that 
one young man very depressed seated on in the, on a on a on a on a on a bench on the beach hello young man i see you are very depressed of course i'm very depressed but what is the matter i newly got married my wife has gone to see her folk i feel very lonely i am miserable do you like to come to heaven i have no happiness here i just got married but i like to go to heaven do you want to come right now with me No, 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 no. My just wife, new wife. You see, he he just went. She she will come. I shall wait. <laughs> <laughs> I shall wait for my wife. You know. So Narada could not get that young man either. Then he found a young boy was running around on the street. Hey, do you like to go to heaven? Of course I do. I want to go to heaven. I say I like to go to heaven. Will my mom also come with me? Of course your mom can come with you. So little boy, he ran to the home and said, "Mom, a holy man has come. Wants to take us to heaven." That woman came out from the house and said, "You want to kidnap my son?" Well, no, 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 no. Narada came in disguise, of course. I do not want, but I want. If you want to come to heaven, heaven. Right now, nine eleven. I am going to call that you are trying to steal my son. <laughs> Narada, Narada ran away. <laughs> Narada ran away. Bhagwan Vishnu told me that three days the gate would be open. I could not get a single man who wants to go to heaven. That is called attachment. You see, these are all Indian folklores. You see. Swami said, "Nongor phele darchana." Do you know what is nongor phele darchana? <laughs> Some people <laughs> went to the other side of the river in a tavern. They were all drunk, <laughs> and then they have a boat. They came to the boat, and they are thinking that they are going to the other side of the river. So the uh, one man who held the helm. helm And other people are rowing their oars, and the whole night they are. Then in the morning, when their drunkenness is over, they found they are in the same place. But what is the matter? They did not check the that anchor. Op, check the anchor was boat. You know they do not unanchor the boat. So whole night they are rowing the boat, but they are in the same place. Swami said, "All human beings were all attached, hooked. So we we cannot move forward. These are all Indian folklores. <laughs> They will tell you that. Ivanitta masukam lokam imam prapto bhajasamam. This world is anitta. It is not a permanent place. Asukam, full of misery. So worship me." Said Krishna in the Gita. Sri Ramakrishna came in this age. How to make family life a blissful, joyful life? Bring Thakur, God in your home. Otherwise, psh, good food, good everything. 
there is no joy. The Bhushnavaya's tradition says, Dhyavardhya, do not sing God's name. That house smells bad. Bad odor comes from that house. You may be rich, you may be a millionaire, doesn't matter. <coughs> Ramakrishna Mission, Korim Ganj, 19th April, 1957. Swami started again. He talks about Ananda. All these human beings are in this world for what? What for? We are in this world. That was the topic. Why are you in this world? For bliss. Bliss is the guiding force. Esha isa paramogotihi, Esha isa paramalokaha, Esha isa paramashampad, Esha isa paramananda, Etasya yanandasya, Annani bhutani matra upajivanti. This blissful self, the Atman, is this supreme bliss, supreme abode, supreme wealth, supreme goal. Having that tiny bit of that bliss, all these human beings are blissful. That bliss is the goal. We come from bliss, we live in bliss, we die in bliss. We merge into bliss. So, in this world we came for bliss, but we are miserable. Why? What for? Because we are searching the wrong place. We are thinking bliss is in the outside. Bliss is in the sense objects. Temporary, as I said, matra. Matra means sprinkle of bliss if sense objects are there. Otherwise people would not run after that. But in the beginning it is sweet, in the afterwards it is very bitter, painful. That Krishna says, Agre Madhupama Pare Bish. In the beginning it is honey, later on it becomes bish, poison, painful. So Swami started, the more you go towards the east, the more the west will be far, far behind. The more you taste God's bliss, the more these worldly pleasures will dissipate from you. That way Swami started. Look, Jajati borrowed from our son 1,000 years for sense enjoyment. After enjoying 1,000 years, he declared, Na jatu kaman kamanam upabhagina saimmati havisha krishna vartpaiva bhuyo evabhi vardhati Enjoyment cannot be satiated by enjoyment. It increases more and more, like home of fire. The more you pour ghee, the more fire will go up. So pouring enjoyment, 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 unending. It is, there is no end. It cannot be satiated by enjoyment. Enjoyment cannot be stopped by enjoyment. Then he said, Sriram Swami Vivekananda came to Sri Ramakrishna. Swami just from the very beginning of his life, he wanted to know the truth. Have you seen God? He was asking all people in Calcutta. Nobody could answer. At last when he came to Sri Ramakrishna, he said, yes, 
I have seen God, I can also show you. Are? I have never heard such thing from anybody in my life. Not only he sees, he can show. So Sri Ramakrishna tasked him, the world vanished. What are you doing, sir? I have parents at home. Again, Sri Ramakrishna tasked him. All right, all right. The time has not yet come. <laughs> he brought the word in his mind. Not only that, he said, I see God, I see God more than I see you. What does he mean? I see you means, I see, not only I see your form, I see your inside, your mind, your samaskaras, your future, your past, your present, everything I can see. Sri Ramakrishna says, I see human mind as you see put books in the bookcases. You can see through. That is the way I can see all human minds. Somebody asked Swami Sivananda, I said, if Sri Ramakrishna is God, can he do the creation, preservation, destruction? That is one of the functions of God. Could he do that? Well, Sri Ramakrishna used to do that every day. Through Samadhi, he can completely dissolve the whole universe. Again, when he would come back, again the world appears. He would vanish the world, and he will bring back the world every day that we saw. That is Jijan Swami Vivekananda also. Then Swami said about Vivekananda, he was a perfect representative of the Western people. Why? He is very rational, very scientific minded. He will not accept anything without evidence. That is the Western education taught him. Do not accept anything without evidence. That is the way he came to challenge Sri Ramakrishna. I made a remark. The main focus of religion in the 19th century was reason. People wanted to understand God through reasoning. The main focus of the religion in the 20th century was humanism. But if religion does, cannot help human beings, what good is that religion? Throw away that religion. If religion cannot make me happy, what good is that religion? That was the main focus of religion in the 20th century. I, this afternoon, do you know what did I do? I was writing Swami Sarvagatan on those reminiscences. He told me what happened in 1945. When America dropped the atom bomb in Japan, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the scientists became very concerned that our inventions are moving toward the destruction of the whole humanity. So the MIT people, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, is the top scientific research center in the United States or in the whole world, you may think. These scientists, they are saying, do you know what is happening? If we 
check religion from education, that thing will happen. We'll have to bring religion in our education. So, in 1945, they wanted to build a chapel in MIT. And Swami Sarbhagatananda was the was the one of the counselor. We want to establish really a chapel so that our scientists will get. Others, do you know what happened? If education, if religion goes away from the human mind, people will be very unethical, immoral, selfish, greedy. That will go toward destruction. We must save humanity. We must bring religion. That is the reason in 1955 that chapel in MIT was inaugurated and Swami was there. It took 10 years to debate to start that religious program in MIT. And since then, every week Swami used to go Friday to give a class on the Bhagavad Gita for yogas in the MIT chapel to train these students how religion is so important, especially Swamiji's scientific religion for yogas, how vital, how important it is in our life. Otherwise, you know, it will go in any, you know, all the, it will destroy humanity. And Landers used to say that America has so many nuclear weapons, they can kill all Russians seven times, but they are increasing more atom bombs so that they can kill all Russians 14 times. <laughs> Shh. It just uh, this month I was in, in Germany. They are trying to remove the nuclear reactor, uh, reactor which produces electricity from their country. They, they have so much wind, uh, electric, this kind of thing moving, you know. They, they, this year they will remove two nuclear reactors, German people. We want green energy. Swami Vivekananda came and was converted. He did not believe in non-dualism, how Sri Ramakrishna touched, touch changed his mind, that we know he taught non-dualism in America. Then Swami was talking about, you see, I went to see a hydroelectrical electricity, electrical dynamo in, on the Kaveri River Fall in South India, and there was an American engineer asked me, do you have any knife? So I gave, I have a small knife in my pocket, I gave to him. He put that knife in the dynamo and immediately it became a magnet, magnet. Then he said that, you know, that touching that, Iron has become magnet. It has an attractive power. 
he was telling that when Sri Ramakrishna touched Swami Vivekananda, Vivekananda became a magnet. He started to attract people. Ramakrishna used to attract people. You see, most people want to preach religion. But Sri Ramakrishna could give religion. Through one touch, one glance can change your life. So he was talking about that how Sri Ramakrishna, though he was a dualist, he was a you know, worshipper of the Divine Mother, how he changed Swami Vivekananda's life. And what Swami Vivekananda said to America, you know here people think that we are idolaters. We are not idolaters. We never say, oh, Brahmite picture, I sat down, I bow down to you, or oh, stone image, I bow down to you, or oh, wooden image, I bow down to you. We never say that. We say, oh, Krishna, oh, Jesus, we bow down to you. We superimpose the deity on the image. As long as you have a mind, you cannot think without a reform. It must be an image. If some people say God without form. I think God is without form and also with form. Both. When you are in a devotional plane, dualistic plane, God has form. When non-dualistic plane, God is formless. This is the way it is. That Sri Ramakrishna gave that example. Water is when it is liquid, you drink it. When it is solid, it is ice. And again, when you boil it, it becomes vapor. Same water is changing the position. So God also changing the position according to your mind. That's, you know, that Swami said. Then Swami talked about Swami, that Vivekananda's problem when his father died, had financial difficulties. He came to Sri Ramakrishna and Sri Ramakrishna sent him to Divine Mother. He could not pray for money. He only prayed, Mother, give me devotion, give me knowledge. Give me discrimination, give me renunciation, and give me uninterrupted vision. This he prayed for three times. <laughs> then Swami talked about the doctrine of avatar in the Gita. And now, Swami Vivekananda is a dilemma. Who is Ramakrishna? Is he Siddha Purush? Mahapurush or Avatar. Siddha Purush means through practicing spiritual disciplines he got perfection. That is called Siddha Purush. Mahapurush means maybe a great soul, a saint. Or an Avatar means God in human form. So this is a dilemma. Who is he? So when just two, three days before Sri Ramakrishna's passing away, Swamiji was in Kashipur, Sri Ramakrishna's room. And he was thinking that this moment, if he can tell me who is he, I shall believe it. Immediately, Sri Ramakrishna looked at Swamiji, Vivekananda, and said, Still, you have doubt. He who was Rama, he who was Krishna, verily, in this body as Ramakrishna. Bas. His doubt disappeared.
Then Swami mentioned about Jeram, but not not from your Vedantic standpoint. Vedanta, do you know what that means? In Yagyanya Vedanta, everybody is God. Each human being is God. But Avatar is not a human being, though he has a human body. Do you know why? He has no karma. His God embraced his Maya and takes a human form. But you, me, all these human beings, we are born out of our karma, out of our desires. That is the difference between avatar and other human beings. They have no karma. Without karma, we are not born. Karma brings desire, desire brings human birth. Avatar is not like that. Then he says, Jive Dayanoi, no compassion to the heat. Sri Ramakrishna taught him practical Vedanta, serve human being as God. <coughs> Swami Vivekananda experimented and demonstrated the teaching in his life and introduced the teaching in the Ramakrishna order. Then Swami mentioned, you know, be like a mud fish. There is a stain in the mud, but mud does not touch his body. Be unattached. This is the teaching of the Bhagavad Gita. And Sri Ramakrishna's teaching, dive deep and go forward. Dive deep and go forward. Then Swami finished that day's talk, a very beautiful saying of Tulsi Dasa. Tulsi jab jag me ayo tum hase jag roe. Na tum jag hase tum roe. Eisi kar chalo ki tab tum hase jag roe. He Tulsi, he is addressing himself. When you are born, do you know what happened? You cried and all people laughed. They are happy because they got a baby. And when a child is born, have you seen the the newborn child is smiling? (laughs) 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 In the very beginning, they start to cry. Why do they cry? Because protest against Maya. I just entered the Maya, I am protesting. (laughs) 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 That is the child first makes the cry. So he Tulsidas says, Hey Tulusi, you do such thing in this life so that when you depart from this world, you smile and let people cry for you. That is the way Swami enjoyed his talk that day. I also end my talk. <laughs> <that day. laughs>